Are you on edge? Come on. We live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs bi-monthly on MaximizeU.life and iTunes. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and courageous conversations about pushing boundaries, exploring our rough edges, and walking between the worlds of what is and what is yet to be. Join me, Sandra Bargeman, on the edge of every day on MaximizeU.life. Hello, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman, and welcome to the Edge of Every Day. Today, we are live in the hive for our second episode in our new home at MaximizeU.life for an episode titled Solutions at the Edge of Change. Are you a change maker? Do you walk between worlds, between cultures, between systems? If you answered yes to any of these questions, the edge of every day is the place for you. In a nutshell, this podcast is about pushing boundaries and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we are fearful those places where we are resistant to change, those places where paradox and contradicting identities live in our beliefs and our understandings, both individually and collectively. We live in edgy, challenging times. We cannot keep looking away from the ugly. And silence is no longer an option. Life isn't black or white. It's both, and I want to talk about that. I want to face the tension of paradox, and I want to engage in the hard conversations. I want to explore the rough edges between our light-filled brilliance and our dark, shadowy corners, because the more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same, and that, I fully believe, can help to change the world. So thanks again for tuning in. And without further ado, it is time to introduce our guest today. Eleanor Lacane shows the way to a new America and a new world. An inspirational speaker, author, and advisor to policymakers, she communicates a compelling vision of a better future and practical pathways to create it. Her first book, Breakthrough Solutions, how to Improve Your Life and Change the World by Building on What Works, has a foreword by the Dalai Lama. This compelling book profiles nine game-changing social innovations that dramatically improve people's lives and strengthen families and communities. Eleanor advises candidates and policymakers on issues and strategy. Eleanor helped elect Elizabeth Warren to the U.S. Senate and many other candidates win races for school committee, city council, state legislature, and statewide offices. Eleanor served in Massachusetts state government as assistant secretary of state. She was executive director of Blueprint 2000, 
leading strategic planning for the state government. Earlier this month, she led the inaugural 2023 Solutions Summit on Capitol Hill. Eleanor now hosts a weekly radio show and podcast, All Together Now, on PRN Radio. She graduated from Yale College and Balt Law School. She lives in Washington, D.C. and Massachusetts with her husband, daughter, and Kitty. Welcome, Eleanor. Thank you, Sandra. It's a real pleasure to be with you. Oh, it is such an incredible pleasure to have you. It's an honor. You are awesome. And I love to tell my listeners how I know my guests. And I had the extraordinary good good luck to catch Eleanor in a wonderful conversation with Patricia Campagnel of Edgewalkers uh, International. Now, as you know, uh, Maximize You and Edgewalkers International have uh, combined um, have partnered to launch Edgewalkers Academy. And every month, Edgewalkers um, International hosts uh, a salon, if you will, a cafe that we bring in. Um, and some of you may know that I've also facilitated those in the past, but Patricia did this particular one because, as I understand, Patricia and you, Eleanor, go, go back. I love that. Well, anyway, it was a great, great enlivening conversation to learn about what Eleanor was creating, this uh, Solutions Summit, learn about her work, learn about what she was creating and understanding that it was coming right up and um, and that I needed to sign up quickly and get involved. So... Um, now that I share that, Eleanor, I when I did a deep dive, um, when I did a really deep dive on you while we while I was researching this conversation and listening to the summit, I came across this quote that really made me think of you and the work that you're doing, and and hopefully the work that we're doing at Maximize You. Yale historian and Holocaust expert Timothy Snyder a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, which includes former secretaries of state, which we're gonna touch upon in our conversation, which is extraordinary work that Eleanor does, says this, stand out, someone has to. It is easy in words and deeds to follow along. It can feel strange to do or say something different, but without that unease, there is no freedom. And the moment you set an example, the spell of the status quo is broken and others will follow. I feel like what you've created with uh, the work that you do is all about breaking the status quo. That is a beautiful quote, Sandra. I really appreciate you sharing it. And mm. Professor Timothy Snyder is one of my favorite people. He's um a great historian and a great American and a great human. Mm. But yes, uh, that right now we're living at a time where there's a lot of fear, doubt, and uncertainty. And there's a lot of confusion about what's going on and what's happening. A lot of what we've known and taken for granted seems to be falling apart or not working anymore. We get all these wars and pandemic and yeah. Uh, so people are feeling very much 
um, anxious and on edge and, and a lot of suffering. So um, I think in the midst of that, it is important to honor that and understand and appreciate all of that is real. True. And at the same time, that I believe we're in a passageway between two worlds. We're <laughs> moving from an older world, which really, uh, it, you know, we can't go collapsing. on the current path we are. It's not it's sustainable. Right. It's collapsing, a lot of it. Yeah. Um, uh, and in an, while that's difficult and challenging, it's creating an opening for what is new to emerge. And that's the piece that I like to focus on. If you want to see what's wrong, go ahead and watch the news and read the paper, which I do every day. Um, but if you want to see what's emerging and what's new, it's not going to show up in the news. So I've devoted my life over the past 30 years looking for what are these breakthrough solutions, mm. what is emerging, where are the, the green shoots of the new world that's arising in our midst? And I am absolutely convinced that we are moving at a very rapid rate into what could be an amazing, wonderful period for the United States and for the world. And I've decided to focus on that. And that's what I wrote my book about, that the Dalai Lama wrote the introduction there to the forward. And that was the focus on the Solutions Summit this year was I was looking at what are the four of the toughest challenges we're facing. It's climate and environment. Mm -hmm. It's the uh, democracy under siege. It's the the inequality and in wealth and the and the economic and insecurity that the majority of Americans are feeling, and it's health where we yeah. have the majority of Americans are experiencing some kind of serious chronic health problem. And why is that and what can we do about it? So I, I took these four major challenges and decided to do one day each uh, to focus on what are the solutions for climate, solutions for democracy, solutions for expanding the circle of prosperity, solutions for how do we prevent illness and help people who are sick mm. heal better fa and faster. So that's what I did. And um, I'm, I'm just a thrill to my toes about what happened. It was really incredible. It was extraordinary. Well, you touched on my my major takeaway and, and you you somewhat answered one of my first questions that, that I'm going to circle back to do. But, but this notion of that we are in this time of rapid change things are collapsing down but but the the and the fact that you are not going to hear about the solutions that that's something that was startling to me in all that was revealed uh why is the media not uh covering these solutions you know which is not a rabbit hole i want to go down right at the second but 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 certainly those were questions that i was asking thank God, that you've you brought in people that could share the solutions that are being implemented. Not only did you you well, I'm going to stop before we continue because I want to go back and I want to ask this question because it's a favorite question of mine um, that I ask all of my guests, and it and it 
now that we've kind of dived into some of this conversation, it will be interesting to see how you circle back and answer it. So the first thing that I always love to do, uh, we talk a lot about identities in this world now um, and and the, the fluidity of our identity as our lives and change within this challenging landscape. So Eleanor, what identity do you lead with? I consider myself a solutionary and that I love is that. for uh, everyone who's listening what is a solutionary a solutionary is someone who's a visionary with bold solutions that can dramatically reshape our lives in a positive way and uh I, and there there's a sense of evolution about it. it's like you're an evolutionary being you're helping humanity get to the next level of mm. evolution so Indeed. it's got that evolutionary flavor and a focus on solutions, a focus on what we can do. It is so easy to get lost and depressed in what's wrong and what's falling apart. And yet there's so much around us that's right and coming together and emerging. And I, that shift in focus, I think, is very important for us individually in our personal lives. And it's very important for us as Americans and as members of, of humanity to focus on where do we want to be and what are the actions that can help us get there. Indeed. So, well, this is a great seg into, I mean, I'm, I'm compelled to ask you, did you, would you always think that of yourself as you, as someone who was a solutionary um, of maybe not had coined that term, but in, in the work that you chose to do, and this also brings me into my next question, tell us a bit about some of the, your career choices along the way that brought you towards creating to Breakthrough Solutions, writing your book, creating the Solution Summit. Right. Uh, that's a great question. Well, I had a friend who... I wanted to encourage to run for office. And she said, I will do that if you'll be my campaign manager. So I <laughs> became campaign manager, having never been on a campaign in my life for a citywide candidate for city council in Boston, Massachusetts. And against all odds, we won. And it was an incredible experience. So, <clears throat> and from there, uh, the lieutenant governor asked me to lead the Blueprint 2000 project, which was futures planning for the state government of Massachusetts, which at the time was a $19 billion budget. So I, I pulled together all these groups on different areas, economics, education, health, um, you name it. I had a, a, a group of experts and citizens connecting around what did we want for the future of the state in that area and how did it all interrelate? So right. that was what kind of launched me into looking at all the different areas of public policy. And that I realized was a valuable resource for any candidate or any elected official. And I just, from that point forward, went, uh, went on to to focus what can we do to make life better for people what can we do to make help people be healthier to have make sure people have homes 
to make sure people have greater economic security, to make sure every person gets a quality education. We can do all of this, mm. uh, but we're not doing it right now. So that that's what launched me into it. And then I started advising candidates and elected officials on uh, on the positive solution-oriented policies that can create the the community, the city, the state, the country, the world that we want. So why do you think we're not doing it? And this is something for those, before you answer that, uh, for those to let you know those four um, days, you can access the replay of, of the two and a half hour each uh, summit for each of the four crises that um, that Eleanor wanted to address, which, by the way, as you said, are all connected, are all all feed and are interconnected with each other. But you can access all of those online. So uh, go ahead. Yes. So uh, I think we can um, we can solve all of these. I would say there's several reasons why we're kind of swimming in a morass right now. Uh, number one reason is the media is focusing on the breakdowns, not the breakthroughs. Yeah, for their and click. That is directing our attention to the to the so-called negative. Um, it is actually a piece of what's needed, maybe, but but it's making people. It's amplifying the the horrors and the bad news and and the scary things that are going on. And so I would say number one is the media is training our focus in uh, on what's breaking down and not That's what's breaking through. That's a powerful statement, training our focus. That's very powerful. So true. Right. Please continue. And, and then I would say a second reason is that in my experience, I have found hundreds, if not thousands of solutionaries, the people who are working towards promising solutions or proven solutions, but often those solutionaries are not connected to the people who are making the decisions. Uh, so mayors, governors, members of Congress, they, they don't have access to these people. So that is part of why I created the Solution Summit was to create a platform where I could bring together the people who have viable solutions, have them connect in with decision makers at every level from city council, state legislator, mayors, governors. We had the, the chair of the National Governors Association participating, um, and we were broadcasting live out of the US House on Capitol Hill out of Congress. We had members of Congress involved. So I gathered in the, this whole part of my life where I'd help to advise candidates, help to win elections, help get good people in the office. So I have this kind of whole world of elected officials that I'm connected to. And I have this whole world of, of creative problem solvers, um, visionary citizens taking taking action in a positive way. And I created the Solution Summit 2023 to bring together the solutionaries with the decision makers so that they would know what the solutions are and to 
uh, accelerate to rapid implementation of key solutions to our vital challenges. Yeah. So let's review what those those the the four crises that you chose again for our listeners. You chose um, climate solutions, economic security solutions, health solutions, and democracy solutions. And again, I was overwhelmed by the connection and how one crisis, the tendrils of one crisis are the tendrils of others and how they're so interwoven. So um, as, as I said, um, as we said quickly before we started our conversation online, um, Eleanor asked me which ones I was able to attend and I had signed up for the climate crisis because um, some of my listeners know that I'm um, climate work and getting people, moving people into action is something that I do through my art. And um, and the other one that I was able to attend, um, I was driving down to North Carolina and listening to the democracy one, which was amazing. And uh, yeah, I was down for a shamanic uh, conference. But um, and I went back and I re-listened to them. And again, I, I to tell the listeners, you can find these four summits online for the replay. You can go to, uh, you tell Eleanor how, how this is well, breaking. And, and this is a wonderful point for everyone about diving in. Don't wait for things to be perfect. Take action now. Right, exactly. Me putting on the summit is proof of the wisdom of your words. If I had waited for perfection, this never would have happened. But I just <laughs> dove in and said, I'll just make it the best I can. And it turned out to be fabulous. So yes, if you're interested in tuning in to the recordings, uh, we did record each of the four summits on each of those four crises, solutions, areas. If you go to our website, solutionssummit2023.com and uh, scroll down a little bit, there's a place you can put your email address in and we will send you the link to the recordings. And I will say it's all free. And uh, it was one of the things you said, well, how did we, how did I get to the summit and why now kind of thing? It was really, I've had this idea of convening the solutionaries for over 20 years. And oh then it my. was, but I, I, I actually, it was one of those things, you know, you, you get an inspiration and it keeps returning back to you. And I, every time I thought about it, I sunk under the weight of doing it. I went, oh my God, all the hotels and all the airfares and getting all the schedules in sync and all the raising of all that money. And I was like, I just can't even begin to think of doing that. But last spring I, I got COVID and I thought a million Americans have already died from COVID. Oh. And if I'm the next one, what have I left undone? And uh, there were a couple of things that I thought of. And one of them was that uh I have not yet convened the solutionaries because I think it was such a blast of hope and inspiration at a time of darkness and fear that it's really the time to do it. And, and as I was lying there uh, with COVID, it just kept 
started streaming in, I can do this online, I can do it on mm -hmm. Zoom, I can do it for very little money, uh, basically my time in the Zoom webinar, and I can make this happen. And that was when I committed to, to doing it. And that's what set it in motion to carry it off earlier this month in November, 2023. Yeah, fantastic. So this is a way for you by both uh, collecting um, email addresses, building the solutionary community, beautiful, and <clears throat> growing that community. Um, Sal, we just saw Sal on here, our our, our fearless leader at Maximize You. He's coming back in. Sal, if you want to share where where it's going to where what you're planning to do with these as well. Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, Elena, thank you for showing everybody how critical those four areas are. And uh, we'd love to have it also available on MaximizeU.life so that we can further magnify the reach and spread and awareness of such critical work that you're doing. So it will also be on MaximizeU.life and uh, people can check it out there as well. So thank you for all the great work you're doing and we'd love to help out as well. Wonderful, Sal. Sal. I'm excited to hear that. And, uh, you know, this is how I've earned my living for many years is to advise candidates or elected officials and they would pay me for solution-oriented policies. And um, and part of what I thought of uh, last year when I had the COVID was that if I keep on my current path, I could help maybe a handful of candidates in 2024. And that's so not enough that the country is at a critical moment and we need all hands on deck. So I decided instead of selling my expertise um, uh, and getting my six figures a year or whatever it was, that now was the time to make it available free to mm. every candidate at every level of local, state, and federal office, uh, everyone who's in office now, and every citizen to make it available free to the entire country so that everybody can see we can solve all these problems and here are practical pathways that can help us move through the current crises. And it's like a birth canal. It's like dark, scary, bloody, and messy. But uh, we're getting through the birth canal right now. And I think we're going to come out the other side. And we want to keep focused on the light at the end of the tunnel. This is what we're moving to create. So I have made the Solution Summit free and available to everyone um, in the country, and in fact, around the world. So, and, and there have been people from other countries expressing interest in doing a similar summit for their own country. And I'm happy to help them do it as well. But yes, I encourage you to tune in, go to the Solutions Summit 2023.com website, plug in your email and address, and we will send you the, the link to the free recordings. So it's absolutely wonderful. And thank you again, Sal. Um, you brought up um, uh, COVID. Um, it's fascinating that, that, that this was where you felt you had to leap forward. And I feel as though COVID was the call. 
COVID was the call that for so many people who were listening deeply to step forward in a bigger way and to get our voices amplify the information that needed to happen and that needed to be out in the world. And that COVID reminded us of our interconnectedness in a much more profound way which of course is what the summit is all about. And you talk about chaos. This was the takeaway, biggest takeaway I had from what I watched was that was the hope that you talked about and that, and we've touched on the media and, and why is it that we, we, we don't, aren't hearing about it, but, but the, the ability to hold the tension of the paradox of how things are collapsing, but that it is within chaos that that the new is birthed. It is you don't have the rebirth without a little bit of blood, and and you know this creative time. And that I, I don't know was it Rebecca Solnit that said something? Maybe it was her about um, that. There's a, 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 a solutions movement that we're unaware of that so much of this is happening and it was such a delight to hear all the positive things that are being done being birthed out of this chaos and we're hearing it more and more so um what were your takeaways and i mean in the work in the solutions um in 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 the planning of the thing of you know of the the tiredness that you felt what were your takeaways <laughs> well i was exhilarated uh first mm. of all it was a dream come true for me yes. to gather the solutionaries and also connect them with decision makers um that uh we had the chair of the National Governors Association. We had the head of the Association of Secretaries of State. We had a whole network, the New Deal leaders of local and state elected officials, and we had members of Congress. So a lot of these uh, decision makers were involved and participating. So I was thrilled about that. I was thrilled to see we had 22 solutionaries convening them and seriously addressing each of the so-called, you know, insolvable problems, we show that they absolutely, we can solve every one of these. And the more we make progress in any one of them, it's going to help make progress on the other one. Mm. So um, I, I was delighted that to me, it helps paint a picture of the United States and the world as it could be. And it's not that far away from where we are now. Yeah. that a few key actions that we could take could absolutely address this climate problem, could address the problem of uh, widespread economic insecurity, mm -hmm. address the health. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm yeah, happy to talk about- address one, we're starting to address the others. Exactly right. And in fact, I, I had medical doctors on, on the health day, and I say to them, what do we need to do to improve the health of, of the people in the United States. One of the things they said is people need to have more money, that there are so many people that don't have enough income that they're living in situations where they have toxic air, they're not able to afford really healthy food. Healthcare or at all. Food. 
Yeah. Right, exactly. That that actually all these social determinants and economic situation has far more impact on their health than what kind of medical care they do or yeah. don't receive. So it's all these things. If you can, we can make progress on the economic prosperity circle widening, we can help health would be improved. And so across all these different areas are so positive. Just like there's a vicious circle going down, there is a virtuous spiral going up. And Ooh. the more we can make advance anywhere, we'll help with an advance everywhere. Yeah, I love this. So uh, another um, something that I, I really, I'm switching over to the democracy one because this is really, really enormous and, and talk about mental health in terms of the healthcare, the mental health of Americans today. Um, <clears throat> worrying about the the state of democracy, not just in America, but around around the world. But but um, the two main things that you talked about that needed to happen for our democracy in our country right now. What and the number one thing blew me away. Uh, well, it didn't blow me away that you said it, but with a a bit of research on the numbers, uh, the number one thing is to vote. And I've been saying that and saying no idea how bad the numbers were for voting that here here's some numbers people from pew research center um 62.8 percent of people of voting age 62.8 were was the amount of people that voted in the 2020 presidential election only 62.8 percent and in and we felt as though we had this big blue wave, but still that number was that low. And then in 2018, we felt as though we had this big wave of new, lots of people moving into voting. And here's the the total number of people who voted in in the midterms: 51.8 percent. That's we're 31 on the list of 48 free countries in voting. That's startling, absolutely startling. So right. well, I I think um, as you heard on Democracy Day, the very first speaker, Nancy McLean, who wrote a fabulous book called Democracy in Chains, she explains that a lot of what's happening now is an effort by some very wealthy people who don't want wow. government to work and they don't want majority rule. So they're working to suppress the vote. They're working and, you know, in a, with the gerrymandering, with all kinds of ways to limit the power of the majority because their agenda is so appalling that yeah. it would never win uh, with a majority vote. So there, uh, there is a massive effort to suppress the vote, to knock people Indeed. off the voter rolls, to make it hard to register. I mean, I wondered, I did some work in the 2020 election up in New Hampshire. I was working at the University of New Hampshire, enrolling students to register and to vote. Mm, thank and you. the voting station was like a mile off campus. And I'm like, there's, I forget what it is, over 20,000 people on this campus. Why isn't there a voting station on right the campus? Here. You know, there's a deliberate effort to make it harder 
for people to vote. And so that's part of what we're up against. Mm. There's also an effort to convince people that your vote does not matter. Indeed. Uh, because they're trying to make us not vote. And and, and your vote so does we matter. Need to, your vote is so critical. Remember. And that's what the, the beauty of democracy is that you can vote. Power of the citizenry in the United States, our democratic republic. It's what women spent 70 years fighting for the right to vote because they understood strategically it was the single most powerful thing women could do to advance women's rights was yeah. to get the power of the vote. It was the key focus in the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 60s Indeed. was getting the voting rights, making sure African-Americans were able and to safely register and to vote Voting is free power. Voting is our way to select the people who are going to make decisions on behalf of our communities, our states, and our country. And we must claim that power if we do nothing else. We must vote. Whoever you vote for is up to you. But as a citizen, it is our right and responsibility to register and to vote in every election and we cannot afford to sit it out. The yeah. fact that as you laid out the numbers, so many Americans who could register and could vote are sitting it out, paves the way for people who are autocrats and tyrants yeah. to, to bully their way in. They're the ones that are saying your in. vote doesn't matter. They're the ones that are saying that. Right. That your vote doesn't really matter. And just because it felt as though we had these, you know, this blue wave, do not, do not for one second relax and feel as though that these people are not, that, that this movement to, to keep suppression of the voting rights and keeping people away. And so this segs into my, my next takeaway, which, which was really quite something you spent a lot of time and um, talking about this, about the, the support of the the Secretary of States and um, mm -hmm. and getting into you know people again it's not just about voting for the president in fact your local elections are the most important and your midterms are most important and getting the secretary you take it away Eleanor yeah. take it away with Secretary of State because Eleanor has done incredible work in this category as well. Thank you. Yes. Well, I was Assistant Secretary of State in Massachusetts, so I understood in most states, the Secretary of State is the one who is responsible yeah. for the voting system in that state. So they make sure there are voting machines, that they oversee the registration of voters, they oversee the counting of the vote, all of that whole election system. And what happened in uh, 2022 is that there was a group of election deniers, that is people who refused to acknowledge that Joe Biden had rightfully won the presidency in 2020. So these election deniers were running to take over the state voting systems in all the swing states. And if they had gotten elected, then they were saying, once I'm elected, only Republicans will win. win. <laughs> we'll make sure Donald Trump wins next time. 
they were saying these kinds of things. They they were not interested in impartial oversight of the voting system. They were interested in making sure that only Republicans won. And yes, we had a little technical bleep, so uh, we're not real sure where we left off. <laughs> Do you remember where you were? Shall we just dive right in, Eleanor, with our our last question? Because we're coming, we're coming. Uh, you're nodding. We were talking about the importance of people voting. So I just want to oh, encourage yes, everyone, really, if even if you think you're registered, double check to make sure you're registered, because a lot of people have been knocked off. Yeah. So make sure you're registered and make sure you vote every primary, every election. Vote, vote, every, vote. And and encourage the people in your life. Remind them of what a mm -hmm. what a gift of democracy it is to be able right. to vote. And we are there. Democracy is not a spectator sport. We are there. Uh, we, we, democracy is on the ballot this year, people. This is not the year that where you sit out and you go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. This is not the year. Okay, so uh, I'm going to ask you my last question and uh, then get into your leading edge. But I, I feel pretty strongly about this, about the generational change and how it will help. You know, do you think um, young people are going to reinvigorate democracy? What are you feeling about the generational energy around democracy? I think young people are going to reinvigorate everything. Uh, uh, I, I completely think, agree. Yeah, they're they're totally going to be out there uh, for democracy and voting. They're going to be out there to address this climate situation. You know, they're the ones that Big are going time. to have to deal with the worst of Inherited. the impact. So, you know, you got Greta Thunberg is, of course, the most well-known, but there are Greta Thunbergs all across the United States, young people very committed to uh, stopping the greenhouse gas emissions, stopping the fossil fuel burning, and mm. moving rapidly to 100% clean, green, renewable energy. So, mm. and by the way, one of the people at the summit, as you saw, has actually made plans for every state and for most countries around the world, how they can practically move to 100% clean, green energy. That's Mark mm -hmm. Jacobson, Stanford professor, mm -hmm. has laid that all out and he's helping to guide anybody willing to listen of how we can move rapidly to 100% clean, green, renewable energy. Yeah. Well, and another de um, demographic that I feel pretty excited about is older women um, really stepping forward, truly stepping forward, yes. finding their voice, you know, they're empty nesters. They, they, they have some money. They have the time now. They've got the resources. They've got the Rolodex. There's a nice old-fashioned word, the Rolodex, the contacts. And they're, they're diving in, you know. We, it, they feel as though the rights of their daughters are attacked, being attacked and everything that they fought for when they were young. And now it's a, a resurgence of that and women getting into politics. It's just so exciting. So I think it's intergenerational that's going to turn this around. Um, uh, and and that's very exciting. Absolutely. It's going to take all of us. And I, I you all know, it us. bothers me when some of these people you know, 60, 70, whatever, say, well, I've had my time. I want to turn it over now to young people. Like, no, you cannot exit the field right now. We welcome every new person, every young person, anybody who wants to help. We need all hands on deck right now 
um, do not abdicate and turn it over to next generation. They need our experience and wisdom, just like we need their youth and energy and vigor. So exactly. it is absolutely multi-generational. And you're right about the women. It's the first time in the history of humanity that we've had so many women who have so long lived after their children are grown and gone. Now they we still have decades, uh, decades of our life, you know, 30 years or more, 40 years without having a family in the home. And that has freed up a lot of women to go, where can I make a contribution? How can I have a life of meaning and purpose? And uh, to step in and to volunteer to help out at a polling station. We need election officials all across the country just offer to help out. They're desperate for honest Absolutely people desperate, to do yeah. it because there are people who want to go in and rig the system when they get there. So we need honest people. Yes, I've done it. And so have I. Excellent. Yes, it's, it's, so yes, then, you know, just find whatever issue concerns you, climate, democracy, health, uh, economic well-being and security, whatever issue you have, tune into the Solution Summit. You will find the leaders who are showing the way. This is what we can do, are doing. If we do it more rapidly, we can absolutely turn this around and just pick one thing and start working on it. Find a group to work with and, and get going because we need you yeah, on indeed. the field to save democracy, to to restore our climate, to expand the circle of prosperity, and to help restore health and well-being as the majority experience of, of being an American. And I'm here to support you. I'm eager for you to check out the Solution Summit 2023.com so you can watch those recordings and, and be inspired, be hopeful, be guided to what can be done. And I am writing a report from it. Uh, which I hope to be a guide to issues for citizens and for elected officials and candidates in uh, the coming elections. So uh, distill it all down so it'll make it easy to grasp. This is excellent. This is so this is your leading edge. What's coming up next for you is is getting this information out in other forms where it can really the tendrils can get out as well. Fantastic. Now, also, EleanorLacane.com, folks, if you want to go and purchase her book, you can go. There's also um, interviews there, other interviews in addition to the Solution Summit that are fantastic. And I urge you to hit her website as well and get her book. Uh, I think we've covered all the ways people can find you. Um, you are everywhere, and we are so grateful that you are everywhere. And we are so grateful that the work that you're doing in the world is is so important. Thank you, Sander. I appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing, uh, bringing voices of of hope and passion and sensibility and common sense Mm. to help guide people through a dark time. And this is what we need is beacons of light everywhere to help shine the path to a better world. Well, folks, Eleanor, I, I I thank you so, so much for coming on here and sharing your wisdom and your expertise and your incredibly wonderful energy and brilliance. Thank you all who are listening. You can find out more about me from my website, sandrabargeman.com. 
You can check out my original uh, 56 original conversations on my YouTube channel, channel, Sandra Bargeman on the edge of every day. I'm thrilled to now be on maximize you.life. We are dropping uh, our <clears throat> upcoming episodes twice a month bi-monthly we're landing on the 15th and the 30th so uh you can catch it all on maximize you.life or at itunes it'll be streaming on itunes so thank you again eleanor do you have any last words for our listeners before we sign off America, we can do this humanity. We can solve every one of our problems and it's going to be a great world on the other side and we can have fun doing it. So I look forward to the journey with you. Beautiful. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember, you are always at the edge of the miraculous. Till we speak again. See you next time.